Well, hello there. Welcome to the first episode of Talks with Tina. This is a series where we'll be deep diving into the Bible and life as we know it in order to understand the heart of God, be transformed, and fulfill our purpose. I am your host, Christina, Tina for short, hence the talks with Tina. And today we'll be addressing one of the many elephants in the many rooms, motherhood culture in the church. So this is a very laid back but serious conversation. So this is your opportunity to pause, get your tea, get your popcorn, do whatever you need to do. If you want to put your headphones in and listen to the audio version of this, do what you need to do, boo. Get comfortable. You can see I'm in my bean bag. By the way, my notes are on the laptop if you see me looking down. Yeah. So, in this episode, we'll be exploring the purpose and culture of motherhood in the church. But before we dive in, I want to establish a few things. These are my opinions based on my unique experiences, revelation, and biblical understanding. I believe that holiness is still right and that Jesus and grace are not an excuse for purposeful sin. Marriage, in the context I'm referring to it as, is the legal and holy union between a biological female and a biological male. Lastly, everything spoken about is coming from a place in an intention of love in order to create transparency, add perspective, in order to heal, and in order to edify us all. That being said, let's pray and get into this discussion. Father, I thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to have a platform to speak on. Lord, I thank you that from you comes all things. I thank you for grace. I thank you for wisdom. And I thank you for every person who is listening to this, Lord. I pray that you will give us wisdom. Give me wisdom as I speak. I come against the spirit of offense. I pray that you will open our eyes and our ears to hear what it is you want to say on this topic of motherhood. Lord, even as I speak, Father, the person on the other end that is listening, Lord, you speak to them. Give them revelation. Give them understanding. Give them a new desire for your word, for your purpose, and for your will. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. Take all the honor and all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Now, let's talk about motherhood. Motherhood culture is a large topic. So, 
before we attack the elephant, let's define what a mother is. So some say a mother is a woman who gives birth to a child or takes care of a child. Others say a mother is a nurturer to a physical or spiritual thing. What do you think a mother is? Personally, I think a mother is any woman who loves, creates, nurtures, and develops an individual, an idea, or a cause. A mother can be physical, spiritual, or both, but a, f- a physical mother is always spiritual. However, a spiritual mother does not necessarily have to be a physical mother. So an example, Mother Teresa, she never had any children of her own, but she was a mother to many. So for the past few weeks at my church and our women's group, we've been talking about motherhood. Now, I'm not a mother, so maybe that's why I can see the elephant in the room. And others can't, or maybe others are conditioned not to have a differing opinion or speak about that opinion in public. But this is Talks with Tina, so we're going to talk about it. Is the church making motherhood a highly suggested choice? Motherhood is a choice, yes. But has culture, and especially Christian culture made it highly suggested like you don't have to do it but it's highly suggested that you do and it's highly suggested that you do it before 35 am I the only one that feels pressured to have children okay so let me just say this having children is a beautiful thing raising them in the way of the Lord is biblical and right but please do not allow the spirit of offense to take over your mind during this conversation this is not a job at women who choose to pause their careers their lives their priorities and their plans to have children it is a hard task and it is an honorable task and i am amazed at every single woman every single mother and how they do it. I truly don't know how all of you do it. I commend you. But how many women have had children and completely aborted their God-given purpose? How many women have given birth and killed themselves Liter- physically given birth spiritually killing themselves now we know the enemy comes to steal kill and destroy so is motherhood culture being used by the enemy because we know the enemy it he goes around like a, uh, a prow- he prowls around like a lion seeking who he may devour. So we know that the enemy is 
constantly looking for a way to destroy God's people, destroy God's plans and agenda. So is the enemy using motherhood culture to still kill and destroy purpose, especially in women? Just a thought. And then after he kills purpose in women and men because of this force of motherhood, is that in turn pushing those same children to the enemy because of unfulfilled purpose? Okay, let me give you an example because it might make more sense. Jesus always broke down in parables, broke things down in parables. So example, beautiful young woman, God has given her dreams and desires. Even she's even had prophetic words on starting a Christian business in order to change the culture in whatever field she's in. She wants to use all of the gains that she gets from this business to build an orphanage and to fund her church's new building project. These are all great dreams, all great visions, all possible through Christ who strengthens her. She graduates college or university if you're in the UK. She graduates, finds a man, and gets married. Yay, congratulations. She then almost immediately gets pregnant within the first year. So she quits planning her business, and then she quits her current job because it's very hard to raise children in the secular school system. And she wants them to be raised in the way of the Lord. So she homeschools. And before you know it, 10 years goes by. And her life has been consumed with taking care of her husband and her children. And then on her off time, she just sleeps and rests and tries to take care of herself. But she never truly achieves she doesn't even get close to achieving that purpose, that dream, that vision that God has called her to. So she's frustrated. And her family feel it, and the children feel it, and they feel unloved, and they feel unwanted, even though she's raising them in the way of the Lord. And in turn, this creates childhood trauma in her children, which leads them to sin which leads them to find love in other places, which causes them because your parents' love reflects God's love for you. So if your parents' love is a misrepresentation of God, it's hard to see God as love. So these children then in turn don't see God for who he is. And so they waste all these years of their ch- of their life finding God. See the cycle? And then there's this continuous, continuous cycle. Now, I'm not saying that having children is a bad thing, but I am raising the question, 
should we, the way that, and I'm using churches very loosely, I mean Christian culture, traditional culture. Not every church is this way, and it seems like we're getting more progressive and more understanding. But I am raising the question, should we be pushing purpose instead of procreation? If procreation is a part of your purpose, fine. But should we just be pushing purpose instead of procreation? Because motherhood is a ministry. And not everybody's called to it. You may be called to it. But maybe that's not your ministry right now. Maybe there's a timing. In Genesis, we a lot of people quote the scripture, and this is their backing for having children. Be fruitful and multiply. But be fruitful and multiply is referring to having physical children, but it's also charging us to be fruitful in the ways of God. Produce the fruits of the Spirit. Multiply the righteous in the earth. Is our insistence on procreation and physical multiplication causing us to be less fruitful? Now, we need to establish this. We all have a purpose preordained by God to accomplish. Look it up, Jeremiah 29, somewhere in Psalms, God's talking to David, I think it's Psalm 139. God tells us many times, I know the plans I have for you. Before you in your mother's womb, I ordained you. Before you in your mother's womb, I knew you. God put each and every single one of us on this earth for a purpose. That's why I pose the question, should we be pushing purpose or procreation? Because your sole purpose in life could be to get married, to have children, and to raise them in the way of the Lord. But that is your purpose. That's not for everyone. Somebody else's purpose could be to become a millionaire and fund the kingdom. Your purpose could be to be like Anna, to sit in the temple and pray for God's will on earth to be done. Anna sat in that temple day and night and prayed that Jesus would come. And then blessed him when he came. That was her purpose. We have to find our purpose. We have to find our purpose. We have to find our purpose and not be distracted and tempted by the schemes of the enemy. We have to open our eyes. Let me put this in perspective. James 4.17 says, remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do 
and then not do it. It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. If you know what your purpose is and you don't do it, that's sin. And when it all comes down to it, you will have to give an account. In order for you to, for God to say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant, you have to have done what the master tasked you with doing. If you're a servant and your master says, go get me a glass of water, your purpose is to bring your master back a glass of water. If you bring him a glass of orange juice, he's going to say, this is not what I asked for. Take this back and get me water. If you go and get a glass of water, your master is going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I can trust you. I can count on you to do what it is I asked you to do. And the point of purpose is doing what God asked you to do, not what you think you should do, not what your mom said you should do, not what your uncle wishes you would do, not what your father didn't do and now is pushing you to do to live vicariously through you because that's another trap that we fall into when we push procreation instead of purpose. We have a purpose because we have children, we fail to accomplish it. So we push that purpose onto our children, but God's given each of us a purpose. So your purpose is not your child's purpose. Your child's purpose is not your purpose. And because you didn't accomplish your purpose, does not mean that you get to push that purpose on your child because then you are causing your child you're 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 pushing your child astray too because you're trying basically to make them people pleasers and the bible says like when you try to please people the love of christ is not in you let me get through this quickly. Proverbs 25, 20, verse 5 says, The purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. May we have grace and wisdom from God to understand our purpose, to draw out our purpose and achieve it. My goal and my prayer for all of us is that we have a testimony of David. Acts 13.36 says, Now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. One more food for thought. A little bit more food for thought on this elephant. And this might even be a whole separate elephant. It actually is an entirely different elephant. But I'm going to use it for this one. Luke twenty-two twenty-three 23 says, How terrible. This is Jesus, by the way. This is Jesus speaking. This, this is red letters, y'all. Red letters. You know red letters hit different. 
This is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ saying this. That's how you know it's real. Everything is real. All the word is real. But it's something about when Jesus says it that it is different. So how terrible. This is what Jesus is saying. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. For there will be disaster in the land and great anger against this people. Hmm. Yikes. Yikes. Have y'all read that verse before? Yikes. With the way the world is going, how far can we be from the day of the Lord? I mean, truly. I know some of y'all are rolling your eyes and ready to click off of this video now. You're ready to click off now, I know it, because you're like, oh... Here she goes. Here we go. Another another prophet of doom. People have been saying, I always hear this. People people have been saying for hundreds and thousands of years that Jesus has come and he still hasn't come yet. Okay, so how much closer are we? If this much time has passed, how much closer are we to the day of the Lord? That could be any day now. He comes like a thief in the night. And no man knows the day or the hour. But there will be signs and it seems like the signs are here we'll we'll there will be an episode on the end times and the coming of the lord are we setting women up for failure by highly recommending children should we be raising up new physical mothers in the end times or mothers in the spiritual realm who can just discern the times and god's agenda and what about the crusade leaders if everyone is busy parenting, who is supposed to lead the lost? Who is going to fund these missions? And we all know that in Jesus' day, it was the women who funded Jesus' ministry. This is Luke 4, I believe, that talks about Jesus traveling. Mary, Joanna, Susanna, all these women funding Jesus and Jesus's ministry and I see this so much especially in my sisters in my sisters in Christ we think that because we are women our purpose our spiritual strength is not as strong as a man's like we think that that power is only given to church mothers or to pastors. But the Bible says in the beginning, God created man. Man is one. Man is one spirit. Male and female, he created them. Man is one spirit. Male and female are two different genders. But we both carry the same spirit. The move of God is not dependent on gender. And the spirit of God is not more or less pertinent or powerful in a man or a woman. So I've left a lot for y'all to think about. So what do we think? What do we think about this elephant in the room? What do we think about motherhood culture? Do you see the highly suggested motherhood culture in your church or in your family? 
Do you think it's a problem? Do you think that women can be fulfilled without having children? Do you think the prophecy uh, that Jesus was talking about in Luke 22, 23 is coming soon? I mean, when I mean soon, I don't mean God's version of soon. I mean in our lifetime. And how can we empower mothers to achieve their purpose? And how do we even implement purpose over procreation? How do we practically do that? We'll talk about some practicalities in the next episode. So it's been a pleasure sharing this time with you all. I'm so glad. I thank God that we have gotten through this first episode of Talks with Tina. And until next time, remember that your worth and your purpose are in Christ alone. Remember that Jesus loves you. Continue to be great. Continue to face those elephants head on. Be the change in the world you want to see. Stay thankful, stay prayerful, and let your light shine wherever you go. God bless you. I love you very much. Talk soon.